let's uh, get to our first guest. He is the uh, local TV play-by-play guy with NBC North Dakota for Bison Football. And um, I, I can call him a friend as well, Brian Sean. I want to say you're not working this weekend. I imagine you're working in some capacity, but uh, you have to you have to uh, hand the baton over to the uh, folks from ESPN on Saturday. Yeah, I'm in my, very much in a limited role this <laughs> weekend, which is fine. It's it's not so bad to just have a uh, it's not so bad to just have a limited role actually for once. You know, we're doing I think nine of the eleven games. The only only other game we're not going to be working is the game at Iowa. So um, once we get into October and and November, we're going to be very, very busy. So it's kind of actually nice to get a little bit of a break here. It's the first part of the year, and and obviously the ESPN coming to town and the FCS kickoff. And you got, you know, Mac Brown, the old Texas coach, that's <laughs> going to be doing the analysis and all that. It, it's a pretty cool deal, and it's kind of fun just to take it in. It, it just yeah, it's exactly to take it all in, and and um, I don't know that ESPN's becoming old hat to come here with game day, and then with the when Sports Center. Uh, came up to the dome early last year uh, on one occasion as well. They're just kind of it's just kind of getting old hat, and hopefully it, uh, it. I think hopefully for Bison fans, they just don't they just they don't assume these things. These are these are fun times, and I mean great uh, great publicity for the for the university and for the football program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, any opportunity to get you know in front of a national audience, and when you're the only really college football game going on, you know, and it's a prime time game. I mean, I, the odds are. You know, people are so starved for football. Uh, you know, it gives them an opportunity to watch. And I know the Fargo Dome crowd is, um, you know, an electric crowd. Obviously, it always is. And I think that's just a neat way to kick things off. And um, it'll be a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of new new parks uh, that are going to be unveiled. You know, there's going to be a new intro. They got new video boards, uh, new experience. They're going to honor you know our good friend Scotty Miller before mm-hmm. the game as well. So. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about and a lot of things to get excited about for the opener. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, this uh, this opponent here, Charleston Southern, somebody uh, somebody new, and uh, well, we can get to this a little earlier, but uh, I think it's a team that's, uh, you know, I think Bison fans and I, the, the folks in the media have kind of studied up, and uh, I, he's still a relative newcomer, I would say, compared to maybe some of the teams we've seen, the Georgia Southerns and Coastal Carolina, but kind of a, a relative newcomer on the scene here. Uh, as far as one of the uh, one of the teams trying to make it to that elite status in the FCS, yeah, you know it is. I mean, people don't realize that necessarily, but you know, Charleston Southern's only had football for just over twenty five years. Right. I mean, it's not one of those programs that is well established. You know, uh, that that some of the other teams and programs are that that have had that around the South, and you know, they are relatively new. Uh, they run some unique systems, especially on offense. Uh, they run three four defensively. I think they're extremely well coached. I think Jamie Chadwell's done a tremendous job. They get good athletes to fit their system. Um, I just don't think from top to bottom their depth or athletes are as good as North Dakota State's. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game on top of having the home crowd. But, uh, you know, it's just going to be tough. With with NDSU's team speed, it's so tough to get to the edge. And with the option offense, you Mm -hmm. have to have the ability to get to the edge. And uh, as long as North Dakota stays in their run fits, it's, it's, I think it's going to be pretty tough sled for Charleston Southern to move the football. Yeah, triple option. I mean, I think you, you, I heard Chris Kleiman mentioned that during this press conference Monday, kind of a combination, if you can go back and look at tape, obviously to Georgia Southern when Jarek McKinnon um, was the quarterback now with the Vikings as a, as a running back. And even a little bit of Wofford as well. And I guess that's it's a different offense, but it's basically – the way to stop it is basically it's just kind of basic assignment football, don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, they threw, they they do a few more unique things. You know, when you looked at the Waffords and the Georgia Southerns, I mean, they only threw the ball six, seven times a game, where Charleston Southern throws it more than that. They're probably going to throw it 20, 25 times. They may have to throw it more just because they may get themselves in some, you know, some relatively long third and long situations. And North Dakota State's been really good at putting teams in those situations over, over the years. But I'm sure they'll have some new wrinkles and um, that's something that I think both teams will have on both sides of the ball, and they'll just have to adjust to that. But, you know, a quarterback that has some experience, the running backs, I think, are very, very good. Um, you know, they're they're very strong runners, very hard runners. Uh, their old line, I wouldn't say, is overly large or physical, but I, I think they are they run their systems very, very well, and they all know what they're doing. And, and that's the one thing I look at them is they're really never out of position. You know, they do not make bad reads. They are where they're supposed to be. And sometimes, you know, yeah, they, they get beat, but it's not because they're running themselves out of plays. And I think that's the one thing you look at with a team like Charleston Southern. They're very well coached. Uh, yes, and, they, and the one thing that, uh, I mean, I guess we talked about how new they were to this. Last year they weren't even in the top 25 in this, uh, and even in the conversation, and they've made the, made that jump. Um, defensively for the Bison, you mentioned, I just think they have just, they have so much experience and depth with Tangway and Guys like Greg Menard and Ambrosius, and and, the, and their linebacker in court led by Deluca, is is the secondary maybe just the lack? I don't say lack of it, just the experience factor in the secondary. How big of a concern is that going into Saturday? I I think it's 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 somewhat of a concern just because you know some of these guys like Jalen Allison's played in, in mm-hmm. some big games and has played in some big spots. Anytime there was nickel situation, he was he was the field corner for the most part. Um, you know, so I, he's been out there and he's played, and I think he's he's responded pretty well. I think the other corner, um, that that's been kind of the position that well, who's going to take the job? And Jalon Wimbush uh, has won that position. I think the two corners, you know, you don't have the CJs and Champs, and not only were those guys really good in pass coverage, but they were excellent in run support. I mean, Jordan Champion, I don't think ever got enough credit for being as good as he was not only in the pass but against the run. He was such a good tackler in space. So was CJ Smith. That you know these guys are going to have to understand that um, you know it's 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 every single play it's being physical on both on on the ends but I don't think there is any concern at all in the, in the secondary in terms of the safety position um, you know Trey Dempsey's first team All Valley he deserves that he played at such a high level last year Robbie Grimsley has a much better grasp and handle of the defense coming into his second year than he did at this point last year and then I think they've had some other guys step up like Eric Bogmeyer yep. out of Kindred who they're not sure. You know, when you talk to Joe Planner, I mean, he wasn't sure that he'd ever get anything out of Eric Bachmeyer, and then it kind of just clicked for him uh, in the spring, and and he worked himself uh, in, you know, in shape. He's put on 15 pounds. He's playing confidence. So, is it a concern? Yes, I think it is. It, is, it, is it going to be a bigger concern in their next game against Eastern Washington? I would say it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is kind of a good game for them to get their feet wet, and obviously having the home crowd behind you for the first two games to get your feet wet is a, is a great way to start because you know that that's going to disrupt what the offense does when they really can't hear the checks. And in a timing offense that Charleston Southern runs, I think that's going to be really significant for them. I, I just don't know how they're going to be able to get off the ball as well as they normally would be able to and they really can't hear all the calls at the line. Uh, it is just such a different – and I know Charleston Southern's played at Alabama and they're going to play at Florida State, but this environment – and I guess – the point I've the point I've made when I've been on the air is just the fact it. You think about the the teams that uh, 
you know, they made some adjustments the second time around. Georgia Southern did when they, you know, came here a second time. Coastal Carolina made adjustments and made it tighter the second time around. I think Montana would have had they not thrown the ball, you know, kept throwing the ball to the Bison last year in the postseason. But I just think that first time around, you just, I, I know you can pump in crowd noise, you can try and do all these things to prepare. You just can't prepare for this environment. No, you can't. I mean, it's, it's torture. You know, Tony Satter has had, I had this conversation with Tony Satter several times, and he's, he goes, it's just torture without a poison team. He goes, it doesn't get to you the first couple drives, but it's, it's that constant noise, noise, and it's just a constant feeling of it. And, and over the course of a game, it just really get, annoys you, and especially if things go wrong early. Then it really starts to get to you because you start you know, pressing or doing some things and, and, and all that, and things can snowball in a hurry in that building. So, you know, getting off to, I think, just a solid start, you know, not making a huge mistake early is going to be really key for Charleston Southern just to stay in the football game and weather that initial storm because we've seen North Dakota State jump on teams and then yeah. it just snowballs into this horrific, <laughs> you know, situation <laughs> for opposing teams. And, and the Bison just feed on that. You know, they take advantage of their opportunities and their situations. They They don't beat themselves and you know so that's where I think for them they just have to try to play a clean game and get through this and see in the fourth quarter if they can give themselves a chance you know if if they play a clean game they stiffen up don't give up touchdowns in the red zone they'll be there but Mm -hmm. you know can they do that over the course of a 60-minute game I think we're going to find out I I don't think they can I just don't think they have the depth that the issue has on both sides of the ball and uh, certainly with the Bison rotating as many guys in on the offensive and defensive lines as, as they're going to be able to, uh, they can bring a lot more fresh bodies in than what Charleston Southern can. Ryan Sean, uh, TV voice of the uh, NDSU Bison locally on NBC North Dakota, joining us here on the front row, 625. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you certainly can chime in, 237 5948 one 800 You can also text to short code 35270. Offensively, a lot of questions. Uh, Easton Stick, obviously, they think a lot of him to name him a captain as a sophomore, and you know they 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 kept the game plan simple for him last year. They kind of went back to the basic, you know, smash mouth football. Um, do you see that, or do you, do you see them maybe, you know, turning the page and maybe advancing the playbook a little bit for him uh, uh, beginning on Saturday? Oh, they're going to advance it significantly from where it was last year for him. I mean, he just has a much better understanding and grasp. He's like Randy Hedberg or Tim Polisek. They could put way more on his plate now than what they could last year in the playoffs or you know, late in the season. They really had to try to limit a few things. But now he's going to be able to get to the line, uh, look things over, have a better understanding of what he wants to do, try to get them in the right calls. I still don't think he's certainly where Carson was, who was who mastered this offense so well and went up there and got them in the right calls dang near every time he went up to the line of scrimmage. But um, I, I think he's going to have – more responsibility than he had last year in terms of what he, he can do uh, when he sees certain things. And he's got so many weapons around him, especially in the backfield, that uh, I just think they're going to be extremely difficult to defend. I mean, I, I really enjoy media day every year. And it's not because you talk to the players. It's to see how the guys look physically different than what they did the year before. And when you see some of these guys, they just look so different. It's unbelievable to me what they do with these kids in the offseason, strength and conditioning, because – Easton Stick is thicker, especially in his you know rear end area and legs. I mean, you can see it in him. He's he's bigger and he looks stronger. And Bruce Anderson's the same way. I mean, he doesn't look anything like the kid that we saw last year uh, that played. He he's just so much bigger. He looks like a 
you know, he fills out those pants a little bit more, <laughs> and uh, he looks like a college football running back now. And and I think a lot of their guys look that way. Even Greg Menard, I'm like, good grief. You know, you don't think these kids can get any stronger physically, but they, they are. And and that's where I look at North Dakota State. They rely so much on some of their young guys, and those young guys are only going to be better. You know, and that's that's a little bit scary to think because a lot of these guys are going to be around for, for a few more years. I just love the mix they have at running back. Obviously, Frazier's yeah. going to get the bulk of the carries, but uh, it, the change of pace you can get from somebody like Morlock, and, and Chase can do other things as well, uh, with Anderson, with Dunn. Um, it's, just a, it's just a good mix, and like I said, you've got four guys that are all capable of of handling the football and have different styles of different styles of play. Yeah, they do. And I, I think it's what's going to be fun is to see how Tim's going to utilize those guys mm-hmm. because uh, they can catch the football. Uh, they can block in space. You know, he loves to, to line them up with those three backs in the backfield and put the quarterback in the shotgun. And you essentially have four different guys that could be carrying the football if you include Easton stick. And so how, how do you defend all that? And, and that's where you really get the defense thinking, okay, what's my fit going to be if this guy gets it? What's my fit going to be if this run plays run here? And that's tough for some opposing defenses to get ready for in the span of a week. Now, Charleston Southern's had a little more time to go through all those cut-ups and say, okay, here's your responsibility on this, this, and this. So they should be relatively prepared. But you know Polisek has integrated some new things that they have not seen yet on film. And they're, they're going to show some flashes. There's no question about that. Uh, to get it on the radar for everybody that's coming down the road, including Iowa. <laughs> so uh, I'll be curious to find out what some of those wrinkles are. But at the end of the day, North Dakota State is a smash-mouth football team. They're going to run power at you 15, 20 times. Yep. You know you're going to see that. And if they're getting four or five yards a carry in the first half, Brad, it's going to be a long day for Georgia, uh, for uh, Charleston Southern because those four or five-yard carries are going to be 9 to 10 to 15 to 25-yard carries in the second half. So that's going to be something to watch to see how well Charleston Southern can handle that power running game for North Dakota State early. I guess I, I remember last year uh, saying it on social media during the national championship game, just simple effectiveness for the Bison, and that's just that's mm-hmm. that's the game plan. And um, One other thing, I know some inexperience beside, you know, Pastors and Dowski and Darius Shepard, I'd be curious to see if uh, they maybe use some of those tight ends like Jeff Phileas, the, the, the Lidgerwood kid. They might use him maybe as a slot receiver. Maybe Ben Ellison uh, out of Hawley, redshirt freshman I know, is maybe someone that uh, that might uh, get some snaps as well. I, I think that's, uh, that's another wrinkle of the offense that I don't know how often they'll have to use it, but at least it's there. Well, they have a ton of depth there too. I mean, they have a lot of different guys they can run in and out of there between – um, you know, and Connor Wentz is going to be the starter, but you're going to see a host of guys, including Ilias, including Ellison, including Nate Jensen. You know, they got some guys that can do some damage there. I mean, you miss a guy like Andrew Bonnet who could really do everything for you. I mean, he, they don't have one guy right now on this team that can do what he did. There's no, they just don't, but they have a guy that can do a variety of different things. Um, and when they put the, those different personnel packages in, when they go double tight or three tight ends, um, you know, that's that's one of those things, too, that's very tough to prepare for. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to understand their athletes and that, and and really knowing your matchups. And if you can get Jeff Ilias squared up on a linebacker, I mean, I like that. I like that for North Dakota State pretty much all season long. So um, you, can't, you can't take away everything. So you're going to try to take away a few things and try to take away some of those guys that could hurt you. And I, I think the tight end sometimes may be the guys that are, that are left um, uncovered just because of that. You know, you, you can't, you cannot worry about everything. So what are you willing to give up? And it might be the tight end game yep. uh, in certain situations. 
Ryan, I'll let you go, but uh, thanks for the time, my friend, and uh, we'll, we'll maybe do this again a little later on in the air. Yeah, that sounds a lot of fun, Brad. Thanks for having me on, and uh, say hi to B-Squared for me over there. That will do. Very good. Brittany uh, Bartlett, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Brian Sean, the uh, television voice, you'll uh, hear him in a couple of weeks, so the Eastern Washington game on NBC North Dakota, and he does a, uh, does a fine job.